0: We're in Proverbs chapter number 8 tonight, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, and we're down through verse uh, number 13, Proverbs chapter number 8, verses 1 to 13. The Bible says, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places. By the way and the places of the path she crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Oh, ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, there is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it i wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions the fear of the lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do i hate and you may remember that last sunday we gathered and we looked at proverbs chapter number 7 and we talked about why it is that people fall. And again, we, we stated at the beginning of the message, I'm not sure that the term fall is exactly the, the best term to, 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 to be using there, because again, when we think of a fall, we, we, we think of the idea that that being something that is completely accidental. It's not something that I intended to do. It just sort of happened. And, uh, and I wasn't, wasn't planning on that. Whereas oftentimes when people, uh, move into sin, they, uh, there's, there's habits and there's patterns that are developed over time. And, and in many respects, you can see it coming from, uh, from a long way off. And, and many times you've perhaps thought to yourself, you know, I'm, a, I'm concerned about that individual. I fear for where they are spiritually. I I'm afraid that things are not right there, and so you understand that a fall comes on someone suddenly; that it is accidental. It is uh, it it is not something that is planned or premeditated. Whereas oftentimes, when men and women dive into sin, it is a deliberate choice that they uh, that they make. It is a it is a decision of the mind and of the will and and of the heart. And so we talked about why it is that individuals individuals fall, why they move into sin. And I think it's interesting that as we come to chapter number eight, I, I believe that what Solomon does here, I, I believe that he, he gives some, some counsel to us, and, and this is the title of the message if you're following along tonight in that way, and that is this, how to keep from falling. You see, he doesn't just talk about why it is that people fall, but he, he, he says, let me, let me give you some counsel. Let me give you some wisdom to keep you from ever going down that path. Throughout the early portion of this book, Solomon has consistently warned about the strange woman and her temptation toward immoral behavior. The indication from this chapter is that in order to keep oneself from falling into deep sin, one must embrace Wisdom. We've heard in recent days about this concept, this idea of replacement. And in order to overcome something of power, it must be replaced with something of equal or even greater power. Wisdom, according to what we find in our text, wisdom is offered as the solution to help us overcome the wicked and strange woman and the temptations that she brings our way. Wisdom is put on display in our text. That's what we find here in 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 these verses. It is introduced to us by Solomon with some very descriptive language, isn't it? If wisdom is embraced and accepted, it will promote an individual far above their peers who are lacking in this particular area. And so I think it's interesting that following Proverbs chapter number 7 and the fall of the young man, Solomon gives a clear path to avoid the catastrophe that is found in that previous chapter. So if you wish to avoid or to keep from falling, you should give heed to the steps that I believe are found in Proverbs 8, and I just want to share them with you. I believe there's four things specifically that we'll be able to deal with tonight in, in how, to keep, how to keep from falling into deep sin, how to keep from ruining and destroying your life in an intentional way. Number one, I think if you're going to keep from falling, you must, number one, adjust your patterns. Adjust your patterns. Look, in, again, in verses 1 to 3, it says, "...does not wisdom cry and understanding, put forth her voice?" she standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the paths she crieth at the gates at the entry of the city at the coming in at the doors so so did you notice in chapter number 7 the strange woman of course is identifying as 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 she and 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 we're given we're given some of the things that she does in order to uh in order to bring people into uh, into her life and in, in contrast solomon says let me tell you about another woman that you ought to uh, that you ought to be on the lookout for that you ought to uh, desire to be in a relationship with her name is wisdom And if you're going to avoid, if you're going to avoid falling into deep sin, uh, you're going to have to do some of the complete opposite things that you were doing in your life beforehand. The young man in in chapter number 7 who was seduced, the Bible indicates he was not careful. We talked about that last week. He was not careful where he walked. He was not careful when he walked there. And he was not careful with whom he was walking. We learned of that in chapter 7, verses 8, 9, and 10. Notice, notice as we compare and contrast the strange woman with wisdom in in, in Proverbs seven and Proverbs eight, uh, that the wicked woman, the strange woman, she hides out. She hides out on a uh, on a back street corner somewhere. Uh, she appears there in the evening, in the black and dark night the simple the simple young man is foolish enough to be in her neighborhood in uh, at twilight while she is lurking it has been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results So here's, here's what, here's what we're trying to say is this. If your life has been characterized by failure and by falling and, and you don't adjust your patterns, you will continue to fail and you will continue to fall. And so Solomon says to the young man who is reading this, he says, let me tell you about a young man that I saw who fell, who dove into sin. And and let let me give you some of the circumstances surrounding it. He was in a place that he shouldn't have been. It was at a time when he should not have been there. And he was not careful about who it was that he associated with. And he says this, he says, listen, if you're gonna avoid going the same path, you're gonna have to adjust some patterns in your life. So what does Solomon do? He urges the young man, who is susceptible to falling to get away get away from the hidden street corners, get out of the black and dark night and start to frequent places of high visibility and safety and when you do that, when you do that, you will discover that wisdom is there in verses one to three don 't miss this, just as the strange woman has her. Her her offers that she makes. Wisdom is making some offers too. Wisdom is crying. Understanding is putting forth her voice. And notice where she stands. She stands in the top of high places. She's not on a she's not on Henna Street and Quarter somewhere. She's not in the black and dark night she isn't she isn't lying and 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 manipulating and being deceitful No, no she's she's standing in the way in the places of the past she's crying at the gates at the entry of the city at the coming in at the doors so understand that that as it relates to wisdom and adjusting our patterns to keep us from falling notice that wisdom is in the high places Wisdom is in the paths, and, and wisdom is at, in the gates at the entrance of the city. All of these terms are a clear reference to public and visible living. And if you're going to, listen, if you're going to keep your life pure and you're going to keep your life right, I, I, I think that we cannot miss what is being said here. You're going to have to live your life, listen, you're going to have to live your life in, in the broad daylight in many respects. You're going to you're gonna have to turn some lights on. And you're gonna to have to go to places of, of high visibility. Why? Because there's accountability there. There's wisdom in those places. And yet, so many people, especially, especially when they're going the wrong way, so many people live their life in secrecy and live their life in hiding. They're constantly you know, trying to keep people from from getting a, a, a viewing. Listen, I understand we all have a, a, a private element to our lives. And your home, is, is it should be a, a place of refuge for you. I, I get all of that, and I'm in favor of all of that. But I'm just simply saying, listen, if you're going to keep from falling, you're going to invite, listen, you're gonna have to invite some influences into your life, and you're going to have to live your life in such a public way as to, as to have that accountability because, listen, this is a sure way to keep oneself from falling. So what I'm saying is, I think what Solomon's saying is this, come out where the people are and interact with others. It is likely there you'll glean wisdom. It's likely there you'll find safety due to the open nature of things. There will be accountability there. And you'll have an opportunity again to learn some things while you're at it. So what I'm saying is this, if the pattern of your life has left you broken and fallen, what Solomon is saying is you're going to have to adjust your patterns if you're going to find victory to overcome Past failures, so he's saying to this young man, he's saying, "Listen, don't don't go to that neighborhood, especially don't go there during the black and dark night. When the when the night is black and dark, get inside and stay inside. There's safety there. There's uh, accountability there. Adjust your patterns. Go to the places of high visibility and and discover the the accountability that's found there. But notice, secondly, not only if." Are we going to have to adjust our patterns if we're going to keep from falling? But number two, we must acknowledge our need. Acknowledge our need. Would you look in verses four and five? He says, unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. So just as the strange woman was calling out to men, so the the character of wisdom is calling out to men as well. Notice what she says. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be of an understanding heart. Notice that she not only cries out in public places, wisdom does, but she also addresses specific people or specific individuals. I I don't know about you, but I couldn't help but notice that her cry is directed first to men and sons of men. Now, I, I, I have no doubt that this is due to the contrast that is being made between Proverbs 7 and Proverbs 8 where the young man is falling, and in order to keep a young man from falling, he's going to have to pay heed and give attention to wisdom. But my experience all, has also been that males, men, are often in more desperate need of wisdom than females are. Have you ever noticed that to be true? I don't know why that is, but it, but it, but it does seem to be true. And I thought as I was putting some thoughts down, why is it that men who are the stronger species physically why is it that they're they're so weak in so many other areas than their counterparts in other words we, we, we like to as men we like to oh we're the we're the we're the we're the stronger species you know we're we're stronger than the women we're the stronger vessel women are the weaker vessel you guys you're, my experience has been we're only stronger in one area physically we can maybe lift up a little bit more and that may not even always be the case in some of our lives, right, as we, as we look around. But, uh, but, but we may be stronger physically, but my experience has been that oftentimes in other areas, uh, women far exceed men as it relates to strength. I, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about areas like uh, being, men being deficient and lacking in leadership. I was a youth pastor for 14 years, and during that time, it always amazed me that the men struggled to lead, the young men struggled to lead. Because there was a vacuum in leadership, oftentimes the young ladies stepped up, and they they were the ones that were leading, and they were the ones doing the right thing. And if there was a special that needed to be sung in a in a church service, it was it was young ladies that were volunteering. and And oftentimes, that's not always the case, but oftentimes the teen soul winning bus was full of more young ladies. Than it was full of young men, and and uh, and the youth choir was full of more young ladies. Than it was full of of young men, and and I, I think we even see some evidence of that even as we move into adulthood. It uh, just, see, just seems as if, in the realm of leadership, oftentimes, uh, women are, uh, I, I don't think they're necessarily out to take the lead, but they're looking around and they're saying, well, if the men aren't going to lead, somebody's going to have to. And oftentimes, that's played out in the home. And so there seems to be a, a, a void of, of men lacking and deficient in leadership. I, I, I sometimes think that, that men can be lacking in, in deficient and deficient in common sense. You know that to be true. I mean, it starts when they're little boys, right? I'm going to see if I can jump off the garage and survive. I mean, little boys are saying things like that. You know, I, I I'm gonna I, I want to see if I can you know if I can you know take my bike and and uh, build this ramp and jump off of this ramp and and uh, you walk around this church and you know it's the little boys that got the cast on their legs and on their arms and and uh, you know that that sort of things typically not the the little girls and sometimes those are accidental things but sometimes it's just because boys young men and even even men and old men are lacking in common sense and they're deficient in that area. And you know, this, you know this to be true. Oftentimes, men are, 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 are deficient and lacking in morality, among other things. I, I thought as I was preparing, uh, oftentimes we use words like men being crude. And, and we just, we excuse it because, well, they're just men. Um, well, there's a, there's a term out there, I, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's called Guy humor. Well, that's guy humor, and, and, and guy humor is synonymous with things that are perverted and, and, and are, are, are filthy and are full of innuendos and double meanings. And how many, all of us, all of us have heard this, this phrase, well, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. I, I'm, just, I, I'm just simply saying that it is likely that if you're a man here, or you have young sons, then you have seen these deficiencies in your own life, or perhaps you've seen them in the lives of your boys. And and here's here's where we're going to have to start. We're going to have to start with acknowledgement of this. We have to acknowledge that wisdom principally and specifically is crying out in Proverbs chapter number 8. And she's shouting. She's crying out. And she's not necessarily speaking to the young ladies. She's not necessarily speaking to the women. She's saying, hey, men, young men, sons of men, let me get your attention. Because I don't have it at this point in time. And If you and I are going to keep from falling, we're going to have to, first of all, number one, we're going to have to acknowledge our need. An acknowledgment, men, of these weaknesses is oftentimes essential as the first step to overcoming these things. Then in verse number five, he mentions simple and fools. There's no gender that is associated here because a a simple person or a fool can can be man or a woman. The simple is... Just to give you a little bit more understanding here, the simple are those who are silly and seducible, easily seducible. Here, here's, here's the idea. When you see sim- simple in, in Proverbs, what you need to think is this. You need to think, okay, that individual is someone who does not set out to do wickedly, but because he's ignorant or she's ignorant and they're just immature, they fall very easily. In other words, they don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, is gonna be the day that I'm gonna do something really stupid. Today's going to be the day that I do something really inappropriate, really immoral. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just heading in that direction. No, no, no. Oftentimes simple people end up involved in that type of behavior simply because they surround themselves with other people who are stronger than them and they, and they're just, they, they just don't have the wisdom and the discernment that is necessary. Oftentimes it's not intentional, but it sort of happens because they surround themselves with people who lead them in that direction. The fool, on the other hand, is completely different. He has rejected knowledge and wisdom, and he is oftentimes actively and aggressively pursuing wickedness. But I I want you to get this, and I want you to, uh, to, to understand this. Listen, the clear teaching of this text is this. Whether you are simple or whether you are actually a fool, here's what is being said. There is still hope for you. Because wisdom is crying out to you. And if you will just, if you will just tune your ear to wisdom, and if you'll, if you'll adjust your patterns and acknowledge your need, because some of you are sitting here and you're saying, you know what, that rings a bell. I don't ever set out to do wickedly, but I find myself doing wickedly often in my life. You know what that means? That means that you're Simple. In other words, I don't necessarily know. You wouldn't necessarily say, you know, I have a evil, wicked heart. It's just maybe you're newer in the Christian faith and in the Christian walk, or perhaps maybe you've never been taught certain things of how you can maybe eradicate some of the bad habits and patterns out of your life. But there may be some of you sitting here today and you say, you know what, I'm I'm not simple. Uh, I, I find myself in trouble. I find myself digging deep holes, and I find myself doing these things on purpose. But understand this, there's hope for you. There's hope for you because wisdom is crying out. And when does wisdom cry out? Wisdom cries out in the form of your parents. Wisdom cries out in the form of your teachers in school. Wisdom cries out in the form of your Bible reading if you're, if you're in the habit of reading your Bible. And if you're not, you need to adjust your habits and you need to start reading your Bible. Wisdom cries out when the pastor stands behind the pulpit and preaches the word of God faithfully. Notice notice, I didn't say preaches his own opinions and his own ideas and his own philosophies. No, so long as he's preaching the word of God, then you can be certain that there's going to be wisdom there. And, and so some of you, you may be saying, you may be saying, well, you know, I'm not always here to hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. And I'm just here to tell you that adjust your patterns. But you may be, you may be simple. You may be a fool. But understand, listen, there is hope for you if you'll just begin to listen. If you'll just begin to pay heed, to pay attention to the wisdom that is being given. If a simple man or a foolish man will acknowledge his condition, and pursue understanding. The Bible says that he can be wise. And What will this wisdom do for him? This wisdom will protect him from falling, from doing things he ought not to do as he moves forward into his future. So if you're going to keep from falling, you must adjust your patterns. Number two, you must acknowledge your need. Number three, you must accept teaching. In verses six to 11, we find wisdom in, in how it teaches and what it teaches. I don't know about you, but I think we, we all sort of like to hear ourselves talk. We, we do. We, we, like, we like, you know, to offer our opinions and tell our stories. And, and here's what wisdom says. Wisdom says to those who are, who are lacking wisdom, it says this, sit down, be quiet, and listen for a while. That's what wisdom is saying here. Wisdom is saying, listen, we, we, we've, we've, heard a, we've heard enough from you. It's time for you to sit down. And for you to listen and for you to be quiet for just a little while. I gotta tell you that that's a humbling step to take. To come to the realization that I don't have all the answers, that I haven't figured out everything that I need to know, but it's altogether necessary. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you know the teaching you are getting is biblically wise teaching? I think Solomon identifies what kind of teaching is biblically wise, what kind of teaching to listen for to those who are passionate about growing and developing in biblical wisdom in our text. And let me just share these four things with you. Number one, you should insist. You should insist your teaching be what is excellent, right, and true. Look at verses six and seven. He says, hear, for I will speak of excellent things. So that idea here, you know what that is? That's sit down. So be quiet and just listen for a little bit. So he's saying here, that's a, that's a command, that's an order. And if you're, if you're a man or a young man or you're a, a simple man or a foolish man, wisdom is saying sit down and be quiet. Let me teach you some things. Now here's what I'm gonna teach you. Verse six, here, for I will speak of excellent things. The opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth. So you must insist, listen, if you're going to grow in wisdom, you must insist that those that are teaching you, that they, they teach you things that are excellent, right, and true. The word excellent in our text is sort of the, it cares the idea of princely or the idea of that which is heavenly or that which is divine. So this kind of teaching, this kind of teaching, it reveals an eternal God. It, it speaks of an immortal soul, and it speaks of an everlasting state. It lifts the man from looking around him to looking above him and looking below him and understanding, listen, this life isn't all that there is. Excellent teaching is someone who will confront you and will tell you, listen, you're going to live 70, 75, maybe 80 years if you're fortunate, if you're blessed, and you're going to die someday. And when you die, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. That's what excellent teaching is. It's someone who will love you enough to share the gospel with you, who will tell you, listen, listen. there is a God in heaven above who has created you. There is a God who is going to hold you accountable, that, that, that with, your, with your conception and with your birth, you are an immortal being. You're going to live somewhere forever. And let me tell you what God's word has to say about where it is that you can live after you die. That's what excellent teaching is. It's talking about things that are otherworldly in many respects, things that are heavenly, things that are divine. Then he says, he says, I, "I'm going to give you things that are right. Right is." Dealing with that which is even, that which is straight, that which is upright. So I think that we could say that right teaching is the idea of uh, of uh, excellent. Is, let's let's think about eternity. Let's think about the fact that you're going to die someday and you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Right teaching says, okay, while you're living here on this earth, let me teach you a few things about how to live a life that is appropriate and pleasing in God's sight. Let me teach you how to live a life that is even, a life that is straight, a, a, a life that is uh, that is upright then he says, I'm going to teach you things that are true. Truth is that which is, sta- uh, is stability, it's certainty, it's trustworthy, it's established, it's faithful. And can I just, can I just be real frank? I believe that all of, these, all of these words, that which is excellent, right, and true, all of these are no doubt a direct connection to this book. Because where are you going to find that which is excellent? How are you going to know that you're, you're, there's an eternal God and that you're an immortal being, that there's an everlasting state? You're going to learn that in this book. And how are you going to learn how to walk right, how to walk even and, 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 and upright and, and, and straight? How are you going to learn what is true? Well, the Bible tells us, Psalm 19, verses 7 8, the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. In other words, it's everything that Solomon says, I want to teach you. Everything that wisdom claims to be, teaching you things that are excellent, things that are right, things that are true. The, 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 the psalmist writes, listen, you're going to find those things in this book, in God's law. And then he says, in verse number 11 of Psalm 19, moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. When you and I, when you and I hold, hold this book closely, then when we live by this book, when we keep what's found in this book, the psalmist says there is great reward there. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22, my son, attend to my words. Climb thine ear unto my sayings; let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So listen, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get wisdom, then you have to understand I'm gonna have to sit down and I'm gonna have to be quiet, and I'm gonna have to hear for a while. And what what am I gonna hear? I, I must I must hear things. I must insist on things that are excellent, things that are right, things that are true. But notice number two, if you're gonna. Receive wisdom and accept teaching, you must reject. Number two, teaching that is wicked, froward, and perverse. In verses seven and eight, he says, for my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. And you know this as well as I do, that this world is consistently wicked. It's consistently froward, it's consistently perverse. It is nothing, it is nothing at all to hear vile and offensive language spoken very openly in public places today. That didn't used to be that way. Used, and you know, I don't consider myself an elderly man, but even as a boy growing up, if there were, if there were children around and someone, someone cursed or said something profane, immediately they'd say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But you don't get that anymore. You don't get that anymore at all. Uh, maybe in some cases, but it's rare. Today, today children are just as, is just as familiar with profane and vile terms as adults are. Therefore, when an adult says something that they shouldn't say around a child, it's, it's like it's no big deal. We all just move on. We don't blush anymore. I, I think to myself that this type of thing, that which is wicked, froward, and perverse, have you noticed that it's even crept into programming specifically for children? I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about movies, films, movies, television programs, streaming streaming platforms that are that are that are catering to children. Used, you used to be able to say, "Oh, that's a kids' channel. That's safe." It's not safe anymore. It's not 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 nearly as safe as it once was. There is a there is an agenda. There is an innuendo. There is a there is a culture that is trying to corrupt children. It used, to be, it, used to be, it used to be that that um, you know even even advertisements and commercials were were somewhat safe. But nowadays, nowadays you almost have to turn the television off when the commercials come on. Because there, there's a lot of things that are done there that are that are that are displayed on screen there that are just not appropriate. And someone who is someone who is trying to grow in wisdom is gonna have to reject some of those things. They're going to have to distance themselves from those things. Listen, it should not surprise us to learn of a man who is wicked, froward, and perverse to have fallen. It should not surprise us when that happens. Here's why. Because in many respects, he telegraphed he was moving in that direction. In other words, he gave clear indication that he was leaning in that direction. Listen, you should know this, that we always fall in the direction that we're leaning And if you're leaning in a froward way, you're leaning in a perverse way, you're leaning in a wicked way, don't be surprised when you fall that way either. Because you've, you've let everyone know, you have telegraphed for months, maybe even for years, that this is the direction that I'm going. And slowly but surely, I, I've, been, I've been cutting out gospel influences, and I've been cutting out that which is excellent, right, and true, and I've been embracing that which is wicked, froward, and perverse. So don't be surprised when you surround yourself with these types of influences and influencers, you are sure to follow their lead. That's what happened to, to Lot and Sodom, isn't it? Genesis 13, verses 12 and 13, Bible says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. He started leaning in that direction, didn't he? And the Bible says in the very next verse, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners exceedingly. And we find a chapter or two down the road that Lot is not just pitching his tent towards Sodom, but he's actually living in the city and he's sitting in the gates and he's just as wicked and froward and perverse as they are. The Bible says that he vexed his righteous soul day after day in that hideous place. And I'm just simply saying, listen, if you're gonna be wise, if you're gonna keep from falling, you're gonna have to reject teaching and those that are that are wicked forward and perverse. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. In other words, you you, you have a young man who has been raised in a certain way to have good manners and to have wholesome living and and a wholesome lifestyle. But he gets around, listen, he gets around people that are evil communicators, and all of a sudden that, that good that he was has been corrupted. He's no longer as good as he once was. So if you're gonna be wise, you're gonna keep from falling, you're gonna have to reject teaching that is wicked, forward and perverse. Number three, you must you should demand teaching that is easily understood. Look at verse number nine. They are all plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge. The word plain, it just means straightforward, equitable, correct. I don't know about you, but I like things that are plain. I've told you this before. I am, I'm never more frustrated, I'm never more frustrated than when I'm trying to assemble a new product. And I pull the instructions out and they don't make sense to me. Oh, that is a, That is a great source of of frustration to me. Sometimes they've got the the picture and it's it's laid out there, but it's it's just, it's not making any sense. The arrows aren't going the right way, and and maybe they are and I'm just too, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But but here's here's what I like. I like plain teaching. When I pick up a book to read it, I want the author author to be able to sort of put it on the bottom shelf because that's the kind of guy that I am. I'm I'm a plain type of a guy. Now, there may be some of you, some of you that you enjoy, you know, the, the deep and the, and, the, and the, you know, the, the mysterious things. And I mean, man, you know, the language that is complicated is no problem for you, but I'm not that kind of a guy. And, I, and I, I'll be honest with you, I think most people are not that kind of people. I think most of us like things to be plain. Someone once said, plain talk is easily understood. Those who wish to grow in wisdom and those who wish to impart wisdom through teaching others should seek plainness and transparency. In other words, the truths of God's word are not complicated. Therefore, our preaching and our teaching ought not to be complicated either. The Bible is simple. It's simple enough for even a child to understand. You don't need advanced degrees to understand the Bible. You don't need advanced degrees to preach the Bible. God gives us a message, and we should preach it, and we should demand that the messages that are preached are easily understood. The rage in our world today is scholasticism and brilliance and high IQs. But listen, the teacher of wisdom must determine to seek merely to be understood. I, I, in other words, when I, when I approach a Sunday, uh, when I approach a, an opportunity to teach and preach God's word, uh, I remember, I remember years ago when I was first starting to figure out how to, figure out how to preach and put a message together. I remember, I remember thinking, man, I gotta have, uh, I, I gotta have, you know, the, 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 the best outline imaginable sometimes i'd spend i'd spend more time trying to figure out how to make an outline rhyme or match the letters together than I, than i would figuring out what does the bible have to say and i am forever grateful for the day in which god broke me of that and and it, it was i'm I, I i don't i can't even take you the specific time but i remember specifically thinking in in a, in, a, in a general sense that it doesn't have to be this difficult That, that you just, what does the, what does the book say and say it? And whether it rhymes or whether all the letters start in the, in the same way uh, or or whether it's, it's something that people walk out saying, we've never heard it on this wise, it doesn't really matter. Seek only to be understood. And what, that's, that's the, that's the goal. That's the goal in preaching and teaching God's word is that it be plain. Great truths of life, listen, the great truths of life really should be understood by little ones. That's why you get to the age of five at the Cleveland Baptist Church. On Sunday night, you start sitting in the auditorium because you should be able to listen on on, on Sunday night. Uh, As a five-year-old, you should be able to listen to the preacher preach. And you may not be able to pick it all up. You may not understand it all, but you should know that we have a great savior. His name is Jesus and that we have a perfect Bible, the word of God, and that we ought to love one another and we ought to, we ought to turn away from sin and we ought to be faithful to the Lord. I'm saying demand teaching that is easily understood. And then number four, in your, in your acceptance of teaching, you should ascribe value to teaching that is full of wisdom ascribe value to teaching that is full of wisdom. In verses 10 and 11, he says, receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. You know, there's such great value and wisdom and wise teaching that Solomon says it's better than silver, it's better than choice gold, it's better than rubies, and he says, you know what, listen, I, I can't think of too many other things to the, of worth and of value to describe, so let me just summarize it this way. He says, anything else that your heart could desire cannot be compared to its value. That wisdom is more valuable than any earthly possession that you and I might long for once again, I remind you of Psalm 19, 10, and 11, where it says, more to be desired are they than gold. Talk about the word of God, the law of God, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Psalm one nineteen one hundred and sixty two. the psalmist wrote these words. He says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. So boy, I can remember going to a park and seeing, seeing is typically men. I felt like it was always men in the park. And maybe there's, maybe that takes us back to what we were talking about earlier. But I can remember men and they had one of these things, there was this long pole and they held it and it would go beep, 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 beep. And when it got to something that was really valuable, it'd go beep, 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 beep. And they would drop the thing and they would get real excited. and They'd pull out their little trowel or their little shovel and they'd start digging and they'd find like a fork, (laughs) you know, or something like that, you know, like, ah, better luck next time. And they'd, they'd go and they'd start, you know, they'd start, you know, digging and, and, and looking and, and, and they'd have that thing as, and, and it sensed, it sensed that there was something below the surface that might be of value. The Bible says that the word of God, when you, when you get it, oh, you get something and it's like finding great spoil. It's like finding something that was, that was there that, that hadn't been found before and God gives it to you and it's of great value. Finally, number four, if you're going to fall, excuse me, if you're going to keep from falling, you must, number four, agree with God. Look at verse number 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. One of the reasons people fall is because they do not hate what they should hate. They get too comfortable with it. The truth be told, many times we love things that in reality we should hate. I'm talking about all of us, the preacher included. And here's what we're really good at. We're really good at hating the sin in the lives of others while tolerating or excusing it in our own lives. Can I say this? Listen, sin is never excusable. Sometimes people want to act in in a certain way and they want to say, well, you know, I'm going through something. Listen, going through something never is an excuse for sin. Sin is wrong no matter what. No matter what. I understand we, we, all have, we all have difficult things we have to deal with, but there is never an excuse to sin. And if you and I are going to keep from falling into sin, we must agree with God. And we must do the two things that are listed here. Number one, we must fear him. God says, listen, if you want to be wise, the beginning of wisdom is to fear me. To fear me. What does it mean to fear God? It means to reverence him or to be in awe of him. It is to live your life acknowledging his continual presence. And and by the way, don't, don't we have a clear example of a man who agreed with God and who feared God and that keeping him from falling into sin in the life of Joseph? The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 39 that Joseph has moved to Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house is a, is, is a strange woman that is, that is presenting temptation to him. And what does Joseph say? Joseph says, he says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God. So in other words, Joseph lived his life fearing God. And when you do that, you live your life in awe or in reverence of God. The Bible says in Psalm 19:9, 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Proverbs 16:6, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Here's the, here's the point. We, we, we could talk about, we could talk about the culture and we could talk about, you know, the modernism that we're living in and the fact that technology and we have tools available to us today that we've never had before. But listen, listen, don't, don't miss this. The reason, the reason God's people oftentimes are living lives that are characterized by sin is because they do not fear the Lord. Because the Bible says that by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And so if you're living a life that is inconsistent with what is found in God's word, you mark it down. It's because you don't fear God the way that you should. You're not in awe of him. You've not, you've not lived your life in light of the fact that he is watching you, and that his presence is continually about you. So we must fear him. But number two, we must hate all forms of sin. He goes on to say in verse number 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And here they are, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. He lists pride, arrogancy, evil way and the froward mouth. You know what he's dealing with here? He's dealing with sins of the heart, pride and arrogance, as well as sins of the body. Evil way and froward mouth. Listen, all sin begins in the heart before manifesting itself bodily. It begins with pride and arrogancy. And before long, that pride and arrogancy has taken root and we begin to believe you know, that we are as great as, as we think we are and, 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 we, and we begin to tolerate and we begin to allow ourselves to go after the, the evil way. We begin to do some things we ought not to be doing. And before long, we begin a froward mouth and we're talking about things and communicating things that we ought not to be, uh, that we ought not to be communicating. Which is why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So it's interesting, isn't it? Proverbs 7, we see this man falling. In Proverbs 8, it's almost as if Solomon comes along and says, Let me, let me help you to avoid the train wreck that's Proverbs 7. And if you're going to avoid that train wreck, you're going to have to adjust some of your patterns, some of your habits. You're going to have to do things a little differently. You're going to you're gonna have to walk some different streets than you've walked before. You're going to have to, you're, you're going to, have to you know, stay out of certain places, especially at certain times of the day. You're going to have to live your life in a visible way because there's accountability there. So adjust your patterns. He says if you're going to keep from falling, you, you must accept teaching. You must acknowledge your need that I am simple or maybe I'm a fool or, or maybe I'm a young man or a, a son of man. I'm a, I'm a man and as a result, maybe I'm a little deficient in some areas. And finally, you must agree with God. Fear him. And hate every form of evil. Sins of the heart as well as sins of the body. Understanding that sins of the heart eventually, if they're not dealt with, if they're not cut off, they will eventually manifest themselves in our body in the way that we speak or in the things that we do. And may God help us. May God help us, the members of the Cleveland Baptist Church and anyone else who might happen upon this message. May God help us to live our lives in such a way that we are unstained and unspotted from the world, that we have a clear testimony all the way through in which we live our lives in a way that is pleasing to the Lord.